Well, we couldn't launch the CSBK podcast without the Hall of Famer, Jordan Zog, joining us here. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm good. Yourself? Awesome. It's great to see you. Congratulations on going into the Hall of Fame. I was enjoying all the social media coverage. Colin invited me. I had a thing I had to do that night with the CFL, unfortunately, so I wasn't uh, able to do that. Nobody likes boring awards. <laughs> they like the, what leads up to them, That's which true. is the racing, right? That's but true. But the, uh, the awards can be a little tiring, but... Uh, um, there's some great stories there. We were uh, more pumped to hang out with the, the crowd of people that are all there. There's a lot of great racers from all categories. So it's more having a beer afterwards yes. and talking with everybody. That makes it a really cool night. Yeah, being social with the people around the sport. And uh, I think I, I know that from being around the track in my first year around CSBK that that's what does make it special, right? That's the connection that people kind of grow. Um, first and foremost, I have to ask you, and I hate asking you off the top, but how are you feeling? I mean, this was the, the main challenge last year was trying to get your body and your physicality back so that you could compete at a high level. I, I don't know if I've told you this straight up, but I'm stunned by what you did last year. <laughs> not like, bad for an old guy. Oh I guess, my god! But, but it's not even though it's it's the the injuries and the battle and coming back and the rehab and trying to get your body right and still battling. And I just I want to give people an update on on how you're doing health wise. Yeah, well, obviously, like you know, I was looking forward to the season in 2022. I was in good. I had a good training uh, season over the winter, right? And then I broke my ankles. Yeah. And I didn't even crash. I overshot a jump, so basically flat landed, which everybody knows can destroy Brutal. you, right? But so, anyways, that was a really bad break, especially on my shifter foot. And um, it'll never be the same. I'm in tons of pain all day, and and uh, I still need to have the subtalar fused, which is what Tiger Woods had done. Oh wow, yeah. So our injuries were pretty similar, where the leg was done, right? So. Um, but yeah, it's starting to get a lot better and uh, I, I don't have a whole lot of movement out of it. So when I shift, I have to like almost lift my leg now. But uh, It's almost like quad activated instead of ankle is what yeah, you're well, saying? Because the it? ankle doesn't bend, right? Yeah. So I have to kind of like lift my knee yeah. and, and lift my leg instead of just flexing my ankle. And you know, on Superbike, we're scrunched up into little positions. So it, it is a little tough uh, shifting um, at times. But uh, actually when I'm riding, I'm not in pain. It's just the mobility issue then. So I, I, I wasn't sure about being able to even ride. And then, of course, you know, everybody was bugging me to, you know, keep at it. And, and, and no one knew I wanted to. And then Kawasaki wanted to do the other program with the other rider, second rider. So it was, I took on all this stuff. And, and I, you know, I still didn't have um, the strength back, you know, from training and things. Yet they, I didn't have, because I was so busy building bikes for Trevor, I, I didn't get the train at all. But... You know, it looked good at, at Jennings. You know, we set the fastest time of the weekend there, and we were excited. And then a week later, I collapsed in my garage working, and I had that abscess. And um, what people don't realize is, because uh, I'm used to hurting myself, I've never had an injury that wasn't self-inflicted, <laughs> right? <laughs> well so, said. Right? My blood was so sick because I was septic, right, that I, it ate, my body ate itself. So I had no muscle left, yeah. and it wasn't like atrophy when you break something. And uh, up until y even yesterday, I was getting an infusions. Well, I saw, yeah, the iron and, stuff, Yeah, right? because my, I shouldn't even really be standing with, with what my iron level's at. And so there, my blood's still recovering from that sickness. It's incredible. And uh, so I, I got out of the hospital. They actually told, they didn't think I was going to actually leave the hospital. Like, they thought I was done. And then I, luckily, I pulled through. And uh, I wanted to try and honor my commitments. So I went straight into the shop and tried to get the bikes built. And uh, so I didn't really get any time to train and I just went riding. Yep. And I tried to do what I could all summer. I was in a ton of pain and I had a couple crashes, which I normally don't do. 
Um, the one I wasn't mad about because, you know, we're pushing for in qualifying. When you have a qualifying crash, you know, it sucks, but you're like, okay, yeah, I was pushing. I was pushing the front. It was my <laughs> fault. You know, like the one in the, the one that uh, got spit me off in the rain was disappointing, yeah. really. But, um, and then we had a mechanical. So it was becoming a very stressful year and trying to deal with my sickness. And then I ended up getting an abscess at the surface this time and was keeping it open with, with uh, foam surgical sponge. I had to jam three centimeters in just to do Shannonville. The grossest stuff, man. Right? Like, I don't and, know how you do and, any of this. And uh, like, after Mossport on the Sunday night, I went to emergency so they could cut me open. Right? <laughs> and uh, so it was a lot to deal with. And then uh, I was trying to make it to, we were just talking to Colin, actually. I was trying to go to Barber to ride the vintage rounds. Right and ride a bunch of the vintage bikes for the uh, Crussells who I ride for in the US yep. and the vintage stuff. And uh, I didn't make it, so I had to have the surgery where they were only gonna go in nicely, hope is the way to say it. And, <laughs> There's no uh, such thing as minor surgery. I know, so. right? Well, they had to split me wide open. <laughs> and uh, it was six and a half hours on the table. And then I had a bunch of complications, of course, my luck afterwards. But in the end, it was, uh, I finally got the okay there after the um, uh, Hall of Fame that I could start training again and, and, and slowly start training again. So um, I put all my weight back on, which is good. Um, and I'm starting to get some strength back. Um, you know, I'm, I'm doing my normal cycle training, my weight training, my riding. Unfortunately, I haven't had a good ice right. year. So the ice riding has been a little crummy. But, uh, you know, the Beaties and I are on a 100 push-up challenge for February every day. <laughs> So we're, you know, just doing stuff like that to keep me going. And then, uh, like, these, hopefully these infusions I'm getting will help me recover. It's not, like, it's the, when I do something and exert myself for the day, the next day I pay for it. So, and it's not from being old. It's, like, actually, like, my blood's not recovering, right? So hopefully uh, this will get me back into the norm where I can recover. Amazing. Yeah, it's great yeah. to hear that you're on the upswing because I know it's been, uh, been a long time coming for you to, to feel more like yourself, if that's, yeah. I guess, the best way to put it. But um, the, the other thing I wanted to ask you about here is, like, uh, you know, I've joked with Colin before where he says he's been working this thing since the 70s, and this is my first motorcycle show that I've been at. Uh, this place is such a community. It's crazy. And it, we had it in your first answer there where a guy comes, darn, hey, you gotta shake your hand and say hello and all the rest. What does this bring about for you in the dead of winter where we're way out from being back on the track in the in the CSBK season but it must bring some things to life for you where it's like okay yeah I see that Yamaha logo I see that I see this and it kind of makes you feel like you're closer to it yeah you know for me I'm really lucky because I do a lot of riding in the winter yeah. you know I, I uh, like I said the ice riding but for most people they don't yeah. right so when they, when they come here it makes them feel like oh it's summer I'm riding my bike <laughs> and everybody gets so pumped right and then you know it, it, even me you know when I, I ride all year but it gets me pumped too that like, oh super bikes coming yeah. right you know I love the ice I love that but you know my super bike's sitting there not doing anything right so um, yeah, it gets me pumped for that and seeing everybody gets you excited and, and it's also fun because we're not at an event where there's pressure and stress or you're, you're here, you're meeting fans you're, so that, you know, everybody's getting along a little bit of the racers, you know, whatever. We're, we're more relaxed yeah. and, and um, so it's great to see. And like you said, all between all the manufacturers, um, everybody is like a friendly family, like you said, atmosphere, they all know each other. It's a community and we're all passionate about our brands and 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 but at the end of the day we're all passionate about the sport and wanting to see it grow 
and not I'm not talking racing, but motorcycling, yep. right? And uh, you know, I miss doing all the shows. We used to do trials demos at all the shows, and uh, Kay, my girlfriend, she used to be the instructor at all of Clinton's Yamaha riding stuff with the kids, and um, that's how we know each other. And um, so, you know, that, that stuff's really cool. It's fun. It's great to see the show. It seems like it's been busy all day. Yeah, know? I mean, this it, is packed as far yeah. as I've seen. Like, I've been to the auto show before. I've seen, you know, exhibitions of different types for things. But the motorcycle community, as I quickly learned, is very passionate and shows it's a passionate, passionate base, right? So you put Well, and that's like our this. argument, you know, or my argument about racing. You know, oh, we don't sell sport bikes anymore. Why do we need it? I said, well, you're a passion-based company. Whether you buy a cruiser or whether you buy a sport bike, you, you buy the brand you like, you're loyal to, almost like a sports team. Yep. And then you and then you also, you know, buy if it's winning and, and they, they follow racing. Those people follow it. And uh, and like you said, it's passion. Um, some other countries, uh, it's not as passionate, but it's more feasible, let's say, because they ride motorcycles all year. Yep. But definitely in Canada, it's a passion-driven industry because we don't, none of us need to have one, you know, in, in our country. You know, when you live in Europe, you know, you have to have a little scooter to get around yeah. downtown or something, right? But so everything here is passion. And, and so everybody who's here is essentially a happy person at the moment because there's motorcycles. This right? is their happy place. Their happy I, place, I, I yeah. agree. Now, I'm just imagining you on a super bike just scooting from the next little town in France over to the... Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I will say their roads are much better than yes, ours, right? Yes, yes. So, it is interesting listening to uh, some of the MotoGP podcasts where the guys that do it say, oh, yeah, I took a little KTM and, and yeah, we actually rode it all the way down to Portimao and all the rest. And they're like, yeah, it was like a two-day ride and all that. I'm like, man, that, that is living right, yeah. right there. Oh, yeah, well, the mountains are so good and, and the roads are so good. Like here, we don't pave roads in our mountains. It's yes. just, you know, so there you can ride a you know, twisty road for three days and never hit one straightaway, you know? Crazy. Like, yeah, so awesome. Well, it's great to see you uh, feeling in better shape. I'll, uh, I'm sure we will catch up leading into this season and find out all things about how your Kawasaki program is doing, but it's great to see you and I hope that you have an awesome day with the family hanging out. All right, thank you, man. Right, we are here now with Nick Simone uh, of Pace Law. I know that you are working hand in hand with all things Fallen Riders. Very excited about the partnership. They're going to be able to bring basically anybody and everybody who's interested in anything to do with two wheels out to the track to join the CSBK family coming up this year. Uh, had a chance to be able to speak with uh, Coulter earlier on about kind of the event side of things. What does this partnership for Pace Law mean? Why are you so excited about being with Fallen Riders? Well, listen, we, we've been with them now for eight years and uh, what they do for the community is just incredible. Yeah. Uh, people get into accidents, motorcycle accidents and other accidents, and uh, these guys hold their hand through the whole process. So the partnership that we've built has been, has been incredible. Uh, Ray um, is just an absolute gentleman when it comes to you know, making sure that the, the accident person is well taken care of. So Pace Law is very happy to partner with them, sponsor them, and. Uh, we're happy to be here at the show too. The realities of the, uh, you know anybody who loves motorcycle racing, but also street riding, whether it be a cruiser or otherwise, is that accidents do happen, right? And and that's why that's where fallen riders and specifically the legal side of things comes in because you do want people to get the best care possible. And you know what, uh, Al Pace, who is here today as well, he he started this firm in 1981. Um, he's the founder, and he always believed in giving you know an accident victim. Uh, number one, the best service possible. And that's really what we're known for. 
We're about uh, 180 people. Um, personal injury is one of the many divisions. We, we, we do corporate commercial, we do immigration, we do family law, we do wills and estates. So we're a full service firm. Uh, but, you know, he always felt that, you know, with personal injury, people need to be, I mean, it's traumatic, right? Right. It changes their lives, not only their lives, but their, their families' lives. And you want to give them, like, just that assistance and making sure that they're taken care of. So partnering, partnering up with Fallen Riders, they have the same philosophy. And Fallen Riders uh, <laughs> obviously wanted to be partnered with the Superbike Series because crazy things happen, uh, Nick, when you, when you are <laughs> watching yeah, a Superbike yeah. race. It's one of the things that makes it so intriguing. But I have to admit, as somebody who is, you know, a, a year into being a passionate Superbike follower, whether it be here in the United States with Moto America, MotoGP overseas, that the more and more I watch it, you know, I see somebody slide out from underneath a bike at the speeds that they go, or even worse, go high side. And I, I don't think I will ever be able to see a motorcycle crash and not scream. And it's hard for me not to do it when I'm doing the commentary, the voiceover for these superbike races, because I can't believe what these guys do to themselves. It's great to watch them, but I certainly wouldn't, wouldn't want to try it myself. No, it's, uh, it's like any other sport. I mean, there, there's an element of danger involved, right. but that's what makes it so exciting. Right? It's true. Yeah, that's yeah. what builds it up yeah. and, and makes it so special. Uh, tell us what else uh, Pace Law has going on before I let you go. Well, Pace Law, I mean, you know, uh, like I said, Al Pace started in 1981. Um, he's here, and I, I hope he gets a chance to say a few words. Um, it's all about customer service. Yeah. You know, uh, it's all about making sure that, that the client gets a proper experience with us. So, you know, he'll tell you that all of our lawyers hand out their cell phone numbers and they're, they're available on weekends and, and at night. And, and that's, what, that's what law is all about, is giving that, that personalized service. And, uh, um, yeah, firm is doing great. Like, we have eight different divisions and we're, we're, we got clients right across the province. And uh, it's a great firm. We've got an excellent culture there. We speak 43 different languages. Oof. We're all inclusive. Uh, it's, it's a great firm. How so, many of the 43 do you speak? Uh, I think two. <laughs> <laughs> you got me beat, so yeah, yeah. I'll put it that way. We'll have to get uh, our mutual friends uh, Hitch and Morielli oh, from the Ticats out to the track. Well, well Rob's been at our place. Yep. Uh, Hitch, Hitch has been at our place a few times because we, we work with him on a couple of immigration matters, yep. as a matter of fact. Uh, Morielli, I love the guy. How do we get him there? Uh, it's a great, you know what, we'll, we'll do a crossover Canadian Elite Basketball League of which Mike is the commissioner and CEO of and get him out to the track and uh, get some basketball players to come out. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Nick, thank you so Thanks much so for much the time. For That's great. Thanks for, uh, for having me on. Welcome, everybody, back to the Toronto Motorcycle Show. I am joined now by the uh, 2023 Sport Bike Champion, David McKay. David, how are you? I'm excellent. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's awesome to have you here. I know uh, I see a lot of uh, very similar-looking shirts wandering around. Uh, I, I guess you have a large announcement to make moving forward into 2024. What are you, uh, what are you planning for 2024? What do you got going on? Absolutely. we got some new threads on. Uh, we have, have an exciting partnership with Snow City again this year where uh, we're going to be powered on a Honda. So we're moving to uh, the CBR 1000 RR Fireblade. Yeah, I'm looking for forward to, to saying that uh, yeah. on, the, on the broadcast. You've got to make sure you fit all the R's in there. <laughs> I really appreciate that. When I learned about this, and I went, oh, so it's the Fireblade. Yeah, and it's, it's, like, it's like, yeah, and then it's like, okay, so how many R's do I have to fit in here? 
I think they're okay if you just say right, Firebird. I think that'll be that. It's excellent be branding because that thing looks incredible. You must be so excited about this partnership with both Snow City Cycle and, of course, Honda. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped to get on the bike. It's 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 great to have a new challenge. Uh, I've, I've ridden the 600 for many years now and kind of done all I wanted to do. Winning the championship last year was was a huge milestone, and uh, I'm just looking forward to a new challenge, getting on the new bike. Um, Snow City has, has been an amazing partner last year, and this year they really stepped up and um, getting me on a Honda, and I'm just looking forward to it. What is it about this bike specifically that has you excited going into this season? It wasn't going to a superbike wasn't necessarily something we had to do, but it was always an option, and right. and uh, if the right deal came about, right? And uh, just looking at the options that we had, and 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 the Honda bike stepping up, and it was just something that excited us. And we looked at the bike, and we said, "This is a world-class machine, and uh, we know that this program is going to be successful." And uh, and we're all in. I, I know from listening to you know different whether it's podcasts, reading articles, all the rest from guys in MotoGP. You know, you have Mark uh, Marquez or otherwise that are switching brands and jumping from Honda to Ducati or here or there. When you decided to make this switch, obviously, man, that Kawasaki was so good to you. Like, what is it that, not necessarily that you will miss, but something that you loved about the bike that you were riding last season that you're really hoping you can carry into the Honda in 2024? Absolutely. There was just a, there was a comfort level there, right? Yeah. I, I had ridden that Cowie for many years. Um, it's kind of, I had never ridden a 600 that wasn't a Cowie and I got really comfortable on it. I think I, I crashed it a few times and bent it in just the right ways. And <laughs> it was, it was a very comfortable bike for me and I pushed it to its absolute limit. And, uh, and that'll always be something I can look back on fondly. But uh, after kind of pushing it to the peak of what I think it can do and what I can do, uh, I was ready for a new challenge. And, and taking a new bike and building it from the ground up and getting it on the podium is, is something that I'm really looking forward to. I laughed too hard at that comment about bending it the right way and all the rest and breaking it in because my first experience uh, at all things sport bike, super bike was we're at Shannonville and it's wet. And I look at one of the final corners on the back end there and I see someone in green just twist around and go flying off and I was just getting to know you and getting to know the circuits yeah. and, and the people that were around the track and all the rest and I remember coming over to you in the pack going damn what the hell happened you're like the transponder just fell down in between my forks essentially and I was like I remember looking at you just terrified and I went that's a thing that can happen yeah, you, you wouldn't think so beforehand. <laughs> One of the more strange crashes I've ever had, yes. definitely. Uh, usually it's the bike or me, is something goes wrong, but usually it's not the uh, the transponder getting in the way. It was uh, it was a crazy introduction to it where I was like, this seems re really <laughs> terrifying that this could just happen at any given moment. But I remember you saying, though, that day, I just wanted to get right back on the bike. Like, I wanted to get it out of my head and make sure that I got back into my rhythm. And, and I love so much about all things CSBK at all the different levels, whether it be from the, the Pro-Am lights and all the rest, amateur superbike. But I love the psychology of the guys who decide to go best on best, which is what you are doing by going to the Pro Superbike feature class, but also that mentality of just wanting to hop back on the bike in round one in Shannonville last year. That's exactly what you have to have to accomplish what you did last season, right? Is you have to be resilient. I think, you know, chatting with Ben at this same Toronto motorcycle show, he talks about that all the time where it's like it's not gonna go easy the whole year that's just not how these things play out i finished the last two previous seasons second overall in the championship and you know it, it's a tough championship to win motorcycle racing is such a on the razor edge yeah. um, everything has to go right you know it's an unforgiving sport and you have to be willing to put yourself out there every each and every weekend and when things don't go wrong you can't you can't have time to sulk and make sure that your your head's in it you got to get back on the bike you got to get it out of your head. You got to get back on the track and, and 
put it down as fast as you can, and that's just and that's just it, and that's what leads to championships. Yeah, absolutely. So making the jump, I'm curious now as you are talking about, you know, you maximized what that Kawasaki could do in the 600. When you make the jump, what changes? Like what else changes? Because obviously the bike changes and the partnership with Honda and all, but what else changes in terms of your preparation, your mindset? What do you have to do to get ready for this season? It's about starting fresh, right? It's it's about managing expectation with um, starting from the from ground zero, basically. I've I've ridden superbikes, but I've I've never raced superbikes, right? So it's it's about starting a program fresh. We're all learning this together. I'm yeah. learning to ride. My team is learning how to build superbikes, how to manage them, um, and it's going to be an experience. And we're going to have to learn that we can't just take everything that we did successfully on the Kawasaki on the 600. We can't just take that and, and plop it in here. We're going to need to learn stuff. We're going to need to lean on people who know what they're doing, who have been here before. But that being said, you know we have a lot of experience. I've been racing for a long time, so there's a lot of transferable skills yep. uh, that I'm looking forward to. But uh, it's about managing the expectation that this is a learning curve, and we're going to have to we're going to have to learn along the way. Hearing you say that reminds me a lot of my my work covering the CFL, where you know the Montreal Alouettes win the Grey Cup in November of 2023, and. You know, I talked to Jason Moss, their head coach, and I, you know, say to him, going into free agency here in 2024, oh, you're just going to run it back? You're going to bring back all the same guys? And he's like, no. And it seems counterintuitive to people who don't understand, but it's like Montreal knows if we bring back all the exact same people, people will figure us out. Like, there yeah. has to be an evolution, and it sounds like you're pretty comfortable with the idea of having to evolve there's a lot of evolution going on for you, whether it be changing what you're on or the class that you're racing in, but it sounds like you're very, very at peace with the idea of, yeah, let go of whatever happened and let's just look forward. Absolutely. The last uh, few years on the 600, I took huge strides, grew exponentially. My lap times came down. I started getting better and better results. It wasn't, it wasn't that many years ago that I was thinking my main goal is just get on the podium, just win a single race. And then all of a sudden that became, I think I have a shot at the championship. Like, let's go for it here. And seeing that progression is something that I, I'm not going to give up moving into Superbike, right? And I'm going to look at everything and I'm going to say, I need to keep growing. I need to keep learning on the Superbike. And uh, I can't stay stagnant. I can't use the same things that I did on the 600. I'm going to have to learn new skills. I'm going to have to ride differently while taking everything that made me successful and adding to it. Amazing. Uh, it is so much fun to think about the grid going into this year too, right? Because you've got, and I, I, I'm hesitant to do this to you because you are the new guy, quote unquote, yeah. jumping up into there. but. You are not, you know, bowing at the altar of the Jordan Zokes, the, the several, several, several time champions, or Ben Young as the back-to-back, -back, or Alex Duma and his competition level, Trevor Dion Leclerc in the Ducati. But I do have visions of, like, the whether it's round one, race one, or it's the final race of the season, or, you know, whether it's out at Rad Torque in Edmonton, or if we're at, uh, we actually get on track, that'd be great at Atlantic Motorsport Park at Shubenacadie. <laughs> the idea of seeing all of these different manufacturers, like the addition of Honda, I think, spices this grid up in a way that is unparalleled. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great feeling to be able to be the guy that puts Honda back on the map here. Um, Snow City really fought for this and, and, and we have a team that's powered by Honda here and I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to be the guy that they chose to, to represent them at this level and um, I'm really looking forward to trying to get that, that red back in the mix, right? And you know, the manufacturer battle is always fun and, and I'm excited to, to try and see what I can do on this new bike. What's the best perk so far being a Honda guy? Oh, the new threads. I show up immediately <laughs> and they just hand me a shirt and say, "This is these are your new threads and I love it. I was going to say, so this isn't a Trevor Dion Ducati situation where you gotta <laughs> you got to make the trip down to GP Bikes and, uh, and go outfit the team. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's okay. right. <laughs> okay, good to know. Um, the last one that I'll ask you before I get you out of here, David, is uh, 
how did you how did you celebrate? Like how how long did you celebrate? Because achieving a championship in any class in the Canadian Superbike Championship is worth celebrating. How did you celebrate? What did you do? How long did it linger? Because it must have been a great time to be able to spend with family. Because I know how close you and your dad are, and how much this means to both of you to be able to do this together. Honestly, it's a uh, it's a really kind of weird feeling because the immediate sensation of winning the championship is one thing and it's kind of it's all happening so fast you were on the track 20 minutes ago and you're just coming off that high of being on a motorcycle and and then all of a sudden you've won this championship and everything's kind of fresh and new and you finally did it and and then it takes a while for it to sink in to say like hey I've actually accomplished something pretty significant here and I've actually set out and, and accomplished what I what I thought I could do and I did it and uh and that's kind of more of a slow burn. You know, obviously there's the celebratory, you know, going out for dinner, hanging out, celebrating with everybody on something cool. But then there's that kind of slow burn where you realize that, hey, you know, I got the number one plate now and I got this trophy sitting in my house. And it's, it's a cool feeling to look back and say that, you know, I did that, I accomplished it, and I've kind of reached that, uh, that pinnacle that I was looking at. So it didn't feel real at first? It really doesn't. I mean, yeah. it's just you got to realize that for so many seasons and, and during the season, it's just it's not – at no point during the season was, was I a lock to, to win this, right? There was always a chance. Um, crashing out of any race is dangerous. You know, I've lost championships before. Um, and so it's, you're always on that edge, and you never know. You can't just sit back and be comfortable. So, you know, there's, there's no point in which in the season which I'm just kind of coasting and making sure that I get to where I need to go. It's, it's right until the bitter end that I'm, I'm pushing and I'm going, and, and then right as that moment happens, it's, oh, it's finally over. I don't have to worry anymore. That's amazing. Well, I'm, I'm extremely excited to see you bring Honda back to life to add it in. In all honesty, the only bike I knew when I was a kid was Honda because my dad had a Goldwing. So I, <laughs> I, I would ride around with him on the back of a Goldwing when I was a little one. And so when I heard yep. that Honda was coming back in and that they were pairing with you, extremely excited. About when that. Uh, my dad has a picture of him, his VFR, when I'm three or four years old and I'm sitting on the VFR. And uh, so we're going right back to our roots here. David, congratulations on the, uh, on the Honda Enterprise. And we're looking forward to seeing you out on track. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. That's going to do it for episode number two here on the Bridgestone Canadian Superbike Championship podcast. Thanks for everybody who has reached out, been getting a lot of fun feedback on this. If there's anything that you would like to hear on the podcast, if you are a rider in and around CSBK, CSBK adjacent, I just love telling great stories, and I think this is a great opportunity to do it. You can shoot me a message, uh, Twitter, Instagram, at TSN underscore Marsh is where you can find me. All we've really done so far is hang out at the Toronto Motorcycle Show and have great conversations with people in and around the CSBK family. We're going to be doing a lot more of that for you coming up this summer, of course. All six rounds, we're having set-up podcasts going into the round. Myself and Colin Fraser will be live at the track, having some fun, of course, with you throughout each of the six rounds. And then the setup uh, will be followed up by the recap podcast. Myself and Cam Bickle, looking forward to doing that as well. For now, follow at CDN Superbike, follow CSPK.ca, and we will talk to you coming up next week with a sit-down of the owner of the series, Ross Nelson. Mm-hmm.